Hey listeners, it's Keith from Evertrue. Evertrue is the end-to-end solution for insight, outreach, and analytics for higher ed advancement and stewardship teams around the world. Recently, we launched Evertrue Studios, Advancement's very first media hub, where subscribers have access to over 100 hours of free, on-demand original series and podcasts, all created with fundraisers in mind. Check us out at evertrue.com backslash studios. I'm Kim Naoni, and this is Mentorship Matters, a podcast that examines the current and future landscape of fundraising leaders and the power of inclusive mentorship in advancement. Today, I'm honored to have my friend and mentor and colleague, Dexter Bailey, Vice President for Advancement Alumni Relations at Caltech. Dexter, welcome. How are you doing? Uh, Very well, Kim. Uh, Glad to be here and really uh, looking forward to this conversation. Thank you so much for taking time out of busy schedule. So let's get let's get right into it. Uh, I'm, I'm a strong believer in mentorship in one's careers, career growth. Uh, you know, as somebody who's seasoned, uh, you, you've been able to help me throughout my career in thinking out the next steps and what, are, you know, or even sorting out some of the challenges uh, we find uh, at, in, a, in the workspace. You know, so with that in mind, uh, I, I think back at the time when I was uh, early in, in my career and didn't know left from right and didn't have anybody to help me see that this could be a viable career. If you were to, to approach somebody like that and they, they ask you, so how do I find somebody to help me figure this, uh, th- this world of advancement out and whether or not it's, it's, uh, it's for me and what steps should I take to, to uh, become successful? Yeah. So I think it's a really great question. And the first thing that comes to my mind is just really what uh, an amazing job this is. So you know it now um, that you've been in it for many years as well. But these types of opportunities, especially for people of color, um, they are opaque at times, even though that these, these types of careers exist and people would compensate us well uh, to do the kind of work we do for universities, which I really liken to having you know, life impact both at the community level and at the societal level. And I think that's what universities, especially excellent places like University of Florida and Caltech are all about. So, you know, for me, I, I have to go back a little bit and I don't think that within advancement, I had a mentor. However, uh, growing up the way that I did, I recognized um, the importance of really being observant of my environment. So when I got into higher education, I started off in communications and I realized that the fundraisers were the shot callers. They were the ones making the deals you know, always dressed to the T and having influence. And so through, through observation, I realized that that was the direction I wanted to go in. Nobody really tapped me on the shoulder and said, I'm going to mentor you through it. But then after that, I, you know, I started seeking out relationships and, you know, being a student of the profession and, you know, one step led to another. So I would say to somebody who's, you know, maybe not aware of this, the first thing you have to do, and in your situation where we met at Berkeley, you know, you you were engaging, you know, the work ethic was there, uh, you were uh, omnipresent, you know what I mean? And so that made made it easy for me to say, well, if, if, if this guy's going to give me a call, I'll return it. If there's something I can do to help, I'll do it. But I think you initiated the initial connection yep. between us bef- and, and then you made it easy for me to reciprocate, right? And then as we went through, as we've gone through our lives together, 
you know, there's a, I feel privileged to be somebody that you would consult and seek out feedback on as you were thinking about your career and things that you wanted to do to, to make a big impact in the world. Like, I, I think, I think a mentor needs to consider it as an honor and a privilege to, to be that resource for people we care about versus taking it on as another job or some kind of an obligation. But the first thing I would say to somebody is it's an amazing job. You're going to work harder than you've worked before. Your oh yeah. Brain's gonna, your brain's going to hurt because you're dealing with people and people are unpredictable. Um, but you're going to make an impact at the end of the day, when you and I, you know, put our heads down, we know that what we did for that day has had an impact. It may not be, obviously, it may not be obvious, you know, right away, but, but we know because we've been doing this long enough that we're having an impact. You're right on. I mean, uh, I've, I've been, uh, working with this young lady, young professional early in her career that I actually met as a result of our mentorship program through Black Leaders in Philanthropy, uh, you know, with Angelique and Floyd and, yes. and the other others. And we were having a conversation about what it's going to take her to advance to a leadership role. And uh, she wanted to be in a leadership role. And I asked her, I said, why? I mean, why, why do you want to be in that leadership role? Mm-hmm. Well, because, uh, you know, I want to have an impact. Okay, but you can have an impact without necessarily being a vice president. Do you know what vice presidents do? And I started going, go, going down the line of <laughs> yeah. the business side of right. advancement. And right. then I gave an example of a colleague of mine that I have who raises $25, $30 million a year, has deep relationships, and is in a senior role, doesn't manage a single soul. And so yeah. she went and talked to her, uh, her, her supervisor and are able to come up with uh, certain measurable things that she could do that could position her to be successful either at the organization or outside. And right. so I, I was really, I, I, it felt good for me to be able to, to help her sort of uh, see, you know, see, see that light. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. And, then, and you know, she's now on a much better path because she has more information that you've given her to make a better decision. And what, what about, uh, you know, social media? So you think LinkedIn, oftentimes uh, I get pings from people that I don't know mm-hmm. that would like to, they've read an article that I was featured in or something that would mm-hmm. like to have a conversation. And I typically say yes, almost every time, because I can imagine that person is in a position where they don't have somebody, especially uh, of color in a leadership role that they can reach out to. And mm-hmm. so when they reach out to me, I said, absolutely. Here's my number. Give me a call. Uh, now, I know not everybody is that, is, is that accessible, but mm-hmm. what do you think about that general outreach that, that you know, like that via LinkedIn, when it's just a cold call, somebody say, hey, I admire what you're doing. Could mm-hmm. you uh, have a conversation with me so you can help me figure out what I'm doing? Yeah. So I, I'm actually glad to hear that you're, that you're doing that. I would do the same, but I... For, for me, like what the situation you described, I'm waiting for the person who who made the outreach to, to follow through to the next step. So I feel like, you know, somebody, which, you know, happens with me as well, somebody will contact me and tell me, uh, give me a reason as to why I may have motivated them or, or what. And I, I kind of feel like that's the highest form of flattery. And it's the, that's the highest form of kind of validation for who we are. I mean, we both raised 
tens of millions, hundreds of millions, you know, billions of dollars. I mean, it's not the money, it's really the impact we're having. And oh, if yeah. we want to be managers, we got to care about people. So I would tend to take those two. I mean, I will say some of those conversations are more productive than others. Like you mm -hmm. get on the Zoom or whatever, and you're like, wait a second, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, but I but I've never regretted saying yes to somebody who took the time from their busy schedule or their life to ask for help. And, you know, and every, the other thing too, which I'm, so this is something I'm not good at is like keeping track of all of it. So, but every once in a while, I'll be like, Oh, whatever happened to that? And yeah. I'll ping them and say, and then they'll give me this great update about how they got this job or they did this or that. And, and talking to me was really helpful. And, you know, and that means a lot to me too. That's motivates me to take the next call or to, to say yes to the next uh, LinkedIn invitation. You make a good point because I, I try to encourage people. Yes, I'm available. You can reach out to me, especially uh, underrepresented uh, professionals uh, of color and I'll help anytime, but I need you to follow up with me because you right. know how it is. You get a million things on your, on, on your, on your agenda Yep. And, you know, you're, you're, you're doing your day-to-day -day job and family right. and things like that. So unless, you know, you ask your assistant uh, to, to uh, you know, put a reminder, oftentimes things, uh, if they're not on calendar, I completely forget about it. And then I say, oh, I did not call Robert. So yeah. I, I encourage yeah. people to, to uh, you know, if you seek a mentor mm -hmm. and somebody agrees to, uh, you know, to spend time and work with you, mm -hmm be sure to follow up and give them an update. This is what's going on with me. Like the young lady I mentioned earlier. I mean, she reached, reached out and said, Hey, this is what's going on. Do you have time maybe in the next week or so for us to connect mm -hmm. and boom, right away. Here's my time. Is that work for you? Calendar. We're done. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, that, that level of proactiveness tells me that this person is really intentional about, uh, about what they're trying to do. Yeah, it's a it's a very basic thing, but it's a huge signal. If if they don't have the you know the if they don't make the effort to follow up, then uh, you, you can already tell it's not going to be worth your time. And so, and you know, time is the only thing we have. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, so uh, that, that we truly own. So yeah, I think that that's the same thing with me as well. If you don't follow through, then you're you're telling me it's not important. I appreciate the the nice compliments, but but. Uh, as far as me carving out time for you with everything else going on, you got to, you got to put some effort into it. Yeah, precisely. So one of the things that I've seen is, uh, you know, people who at the entry level, but also the mid level, uh, you know, whether an assistant vice president or what have you, and they're trying to figure out what's next, either within the organization, how to navigate the pol internal politics, how to position themselves so that they can they can assume a a bigger, more prominent role, and they don't feel comfortable talking to somebody inside yeah. the organization because then they'll tip the cards. Right. So right. you know, it, it, for a person like that, what would you advise them to do? I mean, you know, it, it, where should they go to find somebody you know that can be that confidant mm -hmm. where they can share these things because. This is a small world. You may, right. you, you may, I may tell you, Hey man, I'm, I'm having a hard time at a university B I'm thinking about, 
jumping ship here. What do you think? And then you know somebody that knows somebody that's in yeah. my organization. Yes. Next thing you know, they say, hey, Ken, what's going on, man? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I have to say, this is a pretty important one. I'm glad you're bringing it up. And I do think this is where you want to leverage your real relationships versus your acquaintances, right? So obviously you have to go outside. But at the same time, if, if I have trust and confidence in Kim, then I, right, we have a relationship and you're, I know you're going to be looking out for me. So that's the first person. I wouldn't do some random outreach. I would look at my network and say, who do I know might be able to network me with somebody who could give me some insight into what I'm looking to get to? Yeah, I mean, we, we both know that some cultures profess uh, one thing and there's and then there are cultures that, are, that will retaliate if they know that they have somebody ambitious who's trying to get to the next level. And so, you know, I do some talks uh, for minorities and leadership. And one of the things I always talk about is take your time to read the room, understand who's making the decisions, who's influencing your leader. Titles are not usually directional, meaning somebody mm -hmm. may have a big title, but the president or the vice president may be listening to his assistant, or maybe listening to a development officer that he worked with at the former university. Like you got to take time and understand where, uh, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but where the power base is and who's influencing who. And that is that, those are the breadcrumbs for you to start understanding how you're going to get in the organization from point A to point B. Um, and then as you and I always talked about, you got to take care of your business. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, these institutions are paying us to do a job. Job one, is the job they're paying you to do. And then mm -hmm. you start thinking about the next thing. But if you can't master your core responsibilities as an employee, you shouldn't be thinking about the C-suite, right? You oh, should yeah. be about how to master your, your domain first. Um, but as far as like getting outside of your network, I think you start with your network and the people you really trust, and then they help leverage you. And you and I have both done that for, for friends and colleagues. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, two, two key points here you raised. Uh, I mean, uh, one, it being invested in where you are. Uh, I mean, I, I remember having somebody who uh, was on my team and raises were not enough. You know, you give them a raise and they want more, they want more money, they want more money. But not once did I ever hear them talk passionately about their uh, particularly college and yes. the work that they're doing. It was always about the money. And yeah. I said, you know, if, you focused on getting the job done. Everybody in leadership notices that and they want you to succeed. Of course, right. it's, it's much more, uh, you know, expensive to, to invest in buying new in getting new people on That's board right. as opposed to, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, grooming your own. Right. And the other point is that, you know, talk about reading the temperature, reading the room. I remember years ago, one of the first job offers I was going to get as vice president was at a small, I said, midsize, uh, regional university out west mm -hmm. and so they fly me in it's a small town but it's beautiful i mean it's like idyllic campus yeah where you know you know everybody and it's a good place to start so i ask uh you know as we're doing a campus tour i like it i'm like okay if they offer me i'm gonna take this thing and i asked to say so uh who do i report to Mm -hmm. uh, and do i do i have uh how, how often do i get together with the president do i have uh cell phone relationship with the president or oh, what say well no uh you meet with the president every other month and okay. and cabinet but your boss is the chief of staff so <laughs> yeah. i said so so who's evaluating me well yeah. uh, 
the chief of staff will evaluate you in a joint evaluation with the president. And I remember going back and calling my former boss, who's one of my, my, my uh, mentors. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, so here's what's going on. And she said, uh, you should probably not do that. And yeah. here's why. Yeah. I was in the same situation mm-hmm. and I end up being a VP by title only. Right. Okay. And uh, I have zero access to the president. And mm-hmm. so it's important as I was, as I was, you know, you know, again, with, with mentors like that, who are sharing their experiences. And I asked those questions, if I can have a direct line and to say, no, then right. I say, I'm, I'm afraid this is not going to be a good marriage. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that, that didn't happen. And the other, the other thing that, that I've done that I like to share with uh, friends is the idea of having sort of like your, your cabinet, your personal cabinet. Yes. yes. So uh, identifying individuals that you, you trust that mm-hmm. are going to give you the truth, no matter how bad it is, they're going to tell you the truth right. that you don't want to hear. And yeah. so I've had, you know, yourself, uh, two of my former supervisors who are VPs, one of my former uh, executive assistants, a uh, couple of peers and people that I've met in our profession mm-hmm. as the about six people and a former president who I, you know, who has been a mentor yes. to me. Yes. And those are six people that I usually would call mm-hmm. and say, I'm considering opportunity X. What are your thoughts based on how you know me? This is the landscape. And, you know, one of the first people that, you know, uh, one of them taught me about the whole idea of asking for a balance sheet mm-hmm. and understanding the, the financial side of things and right. where the research dollars are coming from. And it's, it's, it's interesting when you go and ask those questions, you know, hey, as I'm coming in, can I see a balance sheet? Can I uh, yeah. look at your endowment reports? Can I look at, yeah. you know, just your general org charts and historical numbers and how endowments have formed and things like that? Right. And all of a sudden they're like, wait, what? But nobody yeah. usually asks us those questions. And then you go deep and you realize that you're going in, but there's a massive red ink yes. <laughs> situation yeah, yeah, yeah. that's back right. there. So right. you coming in, you expected, hey, Dexter, welcome. Now make miracles happen. Right. So you're not going to be off the top. You're not successful. So yeah, I found you- that idea of having that personal cabinet to to really work for me. I agree. I, I guess the other thing too that, that comes to my mind is when you talk about that is, you know, even even a job where you know under let's say uh, less than perfect circumstances, whether it's reporting to a chief of staff or an organization that may be in a more difficult financial situation than you thought, the important thing is for one that helps you if you do decide to go in that direction because there may be other influences as to why you do it, but you're going in with eyes wide open. And then something that that I do want to talk about is negotiating your contract on the way in. So if yes. I have that information, right, and I recognize that maybe this, this organization's in the red and, and maybe, you know, whatever, but I think I, I think I can go in and I can make a difference. But as I'm negotiating my contract on the way in, I, I need to make sure that I'm protecting myself and taking those things into consideration. That's another thing that a mentor should be helping people with is to say, okay, Yes, you want to go in that direction, but now you have a family or now you have a mortgage or whatever. So how are you going to negotiate? How are you going to manage what a worst case scenario is going to look like as well as a best case scenario? Many, many of us take our jobs only thinking about the best case scenario. Oh, yeah. And, you know, 60% of the time, that's fine. But there is 
there is the 40% of the time that is not ideal. And the question is, did you protect yourself on the way in? And that cabinet you're talking about and asking questions about balance sheets and stuff, I think is, is all really wise, but it's so you can position yourself for success from the get-go. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's been times when, uh, you know, you talk to friends and they accept the role, whether it's an executive director or what have you, and the salary is great, but mm -hmm. they get there, they have zero support. Right. And then a difficult environment, especially for minority, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, folks, mm -hmm. they're in an environment where, you know, on paper, it looked good. Right. But they were driven by that name, by that, you know, oh, okay, I'm going to be mm -hmm. X. Mm -hmm. And two years later, a year later, you have a conversation and they say, man, I shouldn't have done that. Now right. they go back to try to find somebody to help them, uh, you know, to mentor them after going through that experience uh, because they did not uh, have somebody early on who could have said, well, hey, let's sit down. What are you passionate about? Mm -hmm. What is it that drives you? I mean, are you, a, are, you, are you a big research university kind of person? You like that? that that high intensity environment do you yeah. like a uh, better work-life balance uh, so you want to go to a smaller school or do you like you know being you know, the fact that you are helping first generation students uh, succeed in uh, through mm -hmm. education then right. their universities are focused on that but you know typically it, you know for for many people coming to a profession that's something they find out later because right. they don't get the folks that will spend spend time with them or seek the folks that will spend time with them to help them figure out how does their personal why match with institutions that they're pursuing. Right. And I think most institutions are, are open books, but you have to take, like you said, sometimes people get super excited. They just got the offer and they're not like having the other conversations because it's, I mean, how many of us don't know somebody that went to X university, right? You oh, might yeah. and say, Hey, Kim, yeah. I know you went to Nebraska. They're offering me a position. What was your experience? Like, like it's, I think you got to, you know, especially in today's day and age where, you know, it, these are really, really tough jobs. Like do your due diligence. So you're going in and with your eyes wide open and you know where the positives are, but you also know where the potential pitfalls are. And that that's on you as an mm -hmm. individual, if you make a decision like that. Um, you know, yeah, no, it's, uh, you, you have to do your homework. I think early in our careers, at least for me, because we do not have, we did not have, uh, mentors, especially mentors of color. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the challenges that speaking from a black professional perspective that we, we had is, is that we didn't have many people, if any, in yeah. leadership that looked right. like us when we we're getting started. Right. And so we had no one to mentor us to understand the structural challenges that we're going to face in terms of discrimination. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't fit in in this kind of, this kind of organization. It shows that you don't fit in and right. then somebody else always fits in. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you, you know, through our mentorship programs that we've done, you know, with, with yes. AADO and others, you know, we've encountered people that, Hey, you know, they now, now they have people they can look up to. Mm -hmm. but they still need those folks that can help them understand that, look, you are likely going to face these experiences yes. either from your donors or from your colleagues or from the system. Mm -hmm. So be prepared, understand this is going to be the journey, unfortunately. Right. So it's about how much are you going to take out of that situation mm -hmm. and move on? Or how can you spot those signs that this is not a healthy environment? Right. And uh, it, it, so, so I, f I find that aspect, that's, that, that's an aspect of mentorship 
that a lot of times people don't think about the experience of the minoritized uh, professionals coming up and how critical it is to have mentors that can that that can help guide them. I, I would agree a hundred percent, and I think also um, just to extend it a little bit more, when you do take a senior seat like you have at, at Florida or I have as you know at Caltech, I think you have to be deliberate about these types of issues for women, underrepresented minorities, et cetera, et cetera. And in some cases, even white men, um, because uh, you know, there's sometimes you may work in an organization. So at Stony Brook, uh, the preponderance of uh, employees were women. So we, you know, you had to, I, I also, as a, as a black male leader had to think about my white and minoritized males in the, and say, okay, what are we doing there? We, uh, we don't want to forget them. And so part of our diversity plan also included hiring males. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so that, so, you know, they, you, have to, you have to think about the full, if you're going to take on diversity, it's the full complement of things. But when you're in the top seat and I won't name names, but I've been in way too many conversations with some of the top leaders in advancement and they keep talking about diversity and they have, they don't have people of color reporting to them, but they they keep talking about it and they talk about it as this problem this challenge but they're they're so committed to it and i tell them all the time you're in charge exactly you are in charge so you get to hire who you want to hire and the other thing too is you keep looking and i'm using it pejoratively but you know you keep looking just across the table so i'm at caltech and i'm looking at you know harvard or i'm looking at stanford and i'm like there's all this talent that's yes. it. University of Toledo, Ohio University, Akron. There's tons of talent. And we have to be willing to go down and say, hey, I know you have a lot of skill sets. And I know you didn't go to one of these, you know, top tier Florida ranked schools, but I, I can see your talent and let's get you, you know, into one of these roles and move you along. But when you're sitting in the top seat, I think you have a moral obligation to create cultures where everybody can thrive. Um, and the, word, the, the things that probably frustrate me the most is if I see somebody in a leadership role and they don't take those issues on seriously and make them a priority of their platform and their culture. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way we can, we can ensure that organizations are representative of the, the public that we serve, you know, right. uh, the folks that we serve. And uh, uh, so I, I really think uh, uh, you make some good, good points there. So as we uh, get get to the bottom of of the uh, uh, program here, what one thing that I was wondering is, so we talk about seek a mentor and and you know this is what you should look for, but let's flip it. What mm -hmm. kind of mentor should you avoid? Should you avoid? <laughs> no, that's a great question. I, I mean, I think uh, so. You know, you and I have talked about a lot of things in the last twenty minutes, and and one of the consistent threads is how we're giving more of ourselves and we're putting more out there. And I think you want to avoid people who profess to be mentors is that they're collecting trophies. So, you know, I think, I don't think that, that I don't think it's so confusing to identify the people you should avoid the braggers, the people that are yeah. just for themselves, the people who take credit for other people's work. I mean, they're usually not hidden. And I think like, like open your eyes, you know what I mean? And so I think you want to avoid individuals who exhibit behaviors where they're telling you they're telegraphing clearly they're in it for themselves right and i think i think that's what you want to avoid and you know i think you also have a 
if you have a mentor that you've consulted with and that person has stared you wrong two, three, four times, it's on you that you're going back. You got to step oh, yeah. away from those relationships. That's not mentorship. You know, that's somebody who is the, the wrong fit for you. And then I think that there's a, there's a, the other piece of it is that a mentor doesn't always have to be the, the biggest voice in the room, doesn't have to be the person with the biggest title. There are mentors that are that are peers, but they've they've been in the role for a long time and they see things and they and they care for you and they want to help you move forward. So I mean, but for me, the thing I would avoid and I would run away is somebody who's like massive personality, always bragging about himself, you know, that kind of stuff, taking credit for other people's work. To me, those are, especially in our business, those are huge signals. If I interview oh, yeah. somebody and they're telling me they're part of a, you know, $5 billion campaign and they're talking about it as, as if they raised $5 billion, I'm like, no, no, this isn't going to work. I want to oh, know yeah. who you did, you know, so. Yeah, no, we, we have quite a few of those in the field, you know, and yeah, uh, you, you look at that and you read the, you know, especially I like when they do the uh, announcements uh, for leadership, right? Yeah. Well, so-and-so raised $10 billion. And say, yeah. You didn't raise no $10 million. <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. your, your team did. I mean, yeah, I, you're, I'm part, sure of, you're part of a team. Yeah, you're yeah. part of a team that did it, yeah. Yeah, without yeah. without all those two, 300, 400 people that come day in, day out, that, that right. process gives to handle donor mm -hmm. relations and do all those things, you don't, you, you know, I mean, you wouldn't be there, so. Right. And yeah. then just the other thing too, because I had a boss as well who, you know, people who were yelling all the time and, you know, the, once again, the people to avoid tend to be pretty obvious. They're like peacocks. And so, but yeah. be, observant, <laughs> be observant of who you're interfacing with, because my parents always told me like the, the company you keep is important. Like, like that, that's what defines you is the company you keep and you can't, you can't hang out with people like that, that, that don't match your value proposition and expect to be unscathed. Absolutely. As, as one, one pastor, a uh, famous pastor says, you know, you can't, you can't soar like an eagle if you keep hanging with chickens. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's right. Like <laughs> yeah. Well, Dexter, this has been a pleasure. Uh, there you have it, folks. Dexter Bailey, Caltech. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon on Mentorship Matters.